0: hello and welcome back to another dreary fanfiction reading today i'm going to be reading chapters 19 through 21 of seven steps by dorothy ann on archive of our own or alternatively dorothy ann dreary on wattpad if you haven't seen the previous episodes i highly recommend you do so because this story is plot driven because it's a it's a story (laughs) um yeah that's like i recommend that it's it's a good thing to do uh and yeah now without further ado please enjoy Chapter 19 After Luna and Longbottom left, the house fell back to quiet. Mother returned to her work, plastering the walls over one room at a time. Pansy read magazines and listened to the wireless. Draco got to work on his notes, organizing and rewriting them where necessary, which is where Pansy found him a few days later. Merlin, you are such a nerd. Draco looked up from his desk. What? You heard me, Pansy said, walking over and looking over his shoulder. Anyway, let's go out. Go where? Draco asked, turning in his chair. Pansy shrugged nonchalantly. A mall, maybe? A medieval warhammer? What are you even talking about? Pansy huffed at him. No, nerd. It's a muggle building filled with shops. There's one in Salisbury. Draco frowned at her. I don't see the point, and how do the shops fit? Muggles can't manipulate space. It's a very big building, and the shops are small, I think, Pansy said, crossing her arms over her chest. And the point is doing a lot of shopping without having to walk six blocks in the rain and then have to apparate to an entirely different town to get everything you want. Draco massaged his temples. It's nearly Christmas. The amount of people- It'll be fine, Pansy cut him off. They'll all be muggle anyway, so they won't care about us. And it's not like we have to stay. We could just look and then leave. Draco narrowed his eyes. If I stay in this house for a second longer, I'm going to lose my mind, Pansy said. Draco looked at his parchment and sighed. Fine. Help me pick out something to wear. Pansy went through his closet and transfigured one of his old cloaks into a muggle coat. Draco looked at the coat, which was boring to say the least, asking Pansy, "'That's it?' Pansy flicked her wand at his collar, changing it from a high collar to a more casual style and unbuttoned the top two buttons. "'That's it?' "'Kipper!' Draco called and waited. A few seconds later, Kipper apparated in front of him with a snap. "'Yes, young master?' "'I need some muggle notes from the safe,' Draco said. "'How many of which type?' Kipper asked. Draco looked at Pansy, who shrugged. Ten of the largest bills? Draco tried. Will that be enough? Pansy asked. Twenty then. Kipper bowed and disappeared. You know how muggle money works? Pansy asked. Draco nodded. Muggles have a lot of different note papers, but they're all connected. It makes more sense than our money in some ways. Seems fussy to me, Pansy said. If muggles can manage it, so can I, Draco said. Kipper appeared with a stack of paper money in his hands, which Draco put inside the pocket of his jacket. Kipper, tell my mother that we're going out and we'll be back by supper at the latest, Draco said. Let's go, Pansy said, grabbing his arm and leading him outside, pausing at her room to grab a coat for herself. They hurried down the drive and called the night bus, which was actually carrying other passengers for once. Pansy explained to the driver where they wanted to go. Draco pretended not to notice how the woman with two children pulled them closer to her, and the old man with wispy silver hair glared at him, or the muttered Death Eater from one of the two sisters. Luckily, the mall was close by, and they were soon off the infernal bus contraption and in a- Draco turned on his heel as the night bus disappeared. The mall was huge and all around it muggles had made a massive pavement to fit all of their automobiles. Muggles streamed in and out a set of doors, and Draco and Pansy followed them inside. There were shops and stands in the middle of massive walkways, proper moving stairs made of metal, and everything was bright and clean and sharp. And there were so many people, more than he had ever seen in one place. None of them cared about him in the slightest, except that he was in the way. Draco and Pansy started walking, letting themselves be pushed along by the crowd. Are you okay? Pansy asked, grabbing hold of his arm. Draco found himself smiling in disbelief. Pansy, there's so many. Pansy nodded. And this is just one- How many malls are there? Pansy said, At least one in every big town. London has more. And Voldemort thought he could- I don't know, it was nonsense. Look at this. Draco gestured to the crowd. "'Well, he was mad,' Pansy said, "'stopping in front of a storefront display.' Draco looked at the clothes on the mannequins. When he looked around, he could see the displays in three other clothing stores. All the clothes were different, entirely different styles and color palettes and uses, and there were more stores and floors with more stores and even more people. The realization struck Draco. Their world was so small. Why had he ever thought different?' Let's go in, Pansy said, walking into the shop. They explored racks and racks of clothes and had to figure out their size since muggles couldn't instantly alter their clothes with magic. They fumbled with muggle money together and tried on all sorts of clothes and shoes and bought anything that caught their fancy. They had lunch at the shops in the center, staring at each other's pizza and burger, which was terribly greasy and messy but also very good. And Pansy talked him into buying something for Potter. They were exhausted and overwhelmed in the best sort of way when they got back, bursting into Draco's rooms and dropping all the bags on the floor in a pile. Pansy sat on the edge of the bed with a groan and kicked off her shoes. Draco emptied the many coins from his jacket and the crumpled mix of notes left over from their shopping spree, taking the transfiguration off and dropping the robe onto the floor. He grabbed a large bag and took out the blue peacoat he had bought and pulled it out in front of the mirror. Pansy threw a bag at Draco's face. Here are your scarves. Draco pulled out the soft ivory scarf and wound it around his neck. Also in the bag was a matching scarf, hat and gloves, and a vibrant green the color of Potter's eyes. Draco took off his coat and scarf, setting them to one side as he looked at the other scarf. Maybe I shouldn't give it to him, Draco said. Ugh, Merlin, not this again, Pansy muttered. Draco frowned at her. We never talked about exchanging gifts. It's a scarf. And a hat and gloves. What if he thinks this is moving too fast again? Draco said. I don't care. Slap him, Pansy said. Potter can't keep his head in his ass forever. That's not helpful, Draco said. Because I am so brimming with experience and knowledge, Pansy said sarcastically. Draco sighed, rubbing the soft fabric between his fingers. Just give it to him, Pansy said. You're dating. That's what people do when they're dating. There was a soft tap-tap-tap on the open door. Pansy bolted up from the bed, the color draining from her face. Draco couldn't convince himself to move at all. Kipper told me you were back, Mother said. I came to see about dinner. She stepped into the room, carefully navigating the mess the two of them had left scattered across the floor. Then, it's more than just friendship. Mother's shoes were simple, white patent flats, peeking out under the trailing edge of her robes. She hooked a finger under Draco's chin and lifted it, forcing him to look at her. "'I'm not angry,' Mother said. Draco searched her expression but couldn't read anything there. "'You're not?' "'Truthfully,' Mother said, picking her words carefully.' I suspected for a few years now that you had different proclivities, although I thought you were like Pansy and not interested in anyone. Over his mother's shoulder, Draco saw Pansy grab a hold of the bedpost in both hands, like it was the only thing holding her up. He quickly shook his head. I didn't tell her. Mother told Pansy, You're welcome here for as long as you wish. That has not changed. She reached out and took Draco's hands in both of hers. Is it only boy's? You don't have any interest in girls? Draco stiffly shook his head. No. No girls. Mother studied his expression, taking a deep breath and nodded. I see. She squeezed his hand. Draco, do you want to have children? Draco blinked. What? Not now, of course. In five or ten years, maybe, Mother said. I could arrange for a surrogate from a good family. I'm not... really... I don't... Draco said weakly. Your father would be far more amiable if he was certain the family legacy would be preserved, Mother said. It's very important to the both of us. Draco knew this wasn't something she would budge on. No matter what happens, there had to be an heir. The family had to carry on. He looked down at his hands. In ten years... I would, of course. Mother smiled. Wonderful. Are you going to tell father? Draco asked in a small voice. In time, I wouldn't want to put your father in a mood during the holidays, Mother said. Considering the boy in question, though, the public will not be kind to you about this. I know, Draco said. He hesitated and asked, You're not upset about Potter? Mother looked thoughtfully and patted his hand before letting it go. I don't know if I can be truly happy about anyone you might end up with, Draco, but I know Harry Potter and I know he won't use you and I know he won't hurt you. If he makes you happy, I won't complain about the choice. Thank you, Mother, Draco said. Mother brushed a kiss on his cheek. Dinner is in a half hour, in the family dining room. Draco held his breath until his mother swept from the room closing the door behind her. Then he went over to his bed and collapsed onto it face first. Pansy sat down next to him. That went well, she said tentatively. Draco groaned into the bedspread. A kid in ten years, huh? Pansy said absently. Merlin, Draco managed to laugh. Or like fifteen, if ever. It could have gone worse, Pansy said. I don't know, Draco said, his words muffled. Pansy reached over, running her fingers through his hair. She was shaking. At least you weren't disowned and kicked out of your home. I know. Are you upset? Pansy asked. I don't know. Happy? I don't know. What do you know? Pansy asked, only slightly sarcastic. Draco rolled onto his side. I feel upset and relieved and anxious and a bit like I'm going to cry. My head's a mess. Pansy flopped down beside him. Perfectly normal, then. Shut up. Pansy went back to brushing her fingers through his hair. Cry, then. It will make you feel better. We have time, and I know a glamour to hide the puffiness when you're done. Draco squeezed his eyes shut and nodded. Young Master. Draco pulled one eye open just wide enough to see Kipper. The dour old elf stared up at Draco through his eyebrows. Young Master, it's time to get up. No, it's not, Draco said sourly. Mistress has prepared the blue room for breakfast. She's expecting you, Kipper said. Draco closed his eyes again. Young Master, Kipper intoned. Young Master, young... Draco sat up and threw his pillow at Kipper's face. Kipper looked insufferably smug as the pillow slid to the ground. Draco scrubbed his face. I don't know how father could stand you. The master is a gentleman of the old ways, Kipper said primly. Just because something has been done for ages doesn't mean it is isn't utter shite, Draco muttered. He understood the proper way of things, Kipper went on. Draco groaned. You can observe the old ways as much as you bloody well like. Kipper frowned. Young master has said elves wouldn't be punished. Young master has given elves time off. Young master has given elves spending money. Young master has allowed mistress to run the household. Enough, Draco snapped. Kipper glowered at him and then stiffly bowed. No one said you have to take time off or money and you can bloody well punish yourself if that's what gets you off, Draco said shortly, shoving his sheets back. And you'll not say another ill word about my mother. Not ill word, Kipper said quickly, a brief spark of panic in his eyes. Mistress shouldn't have to. Mistress should be at ease, not worrying about monies. Draco went to his dressing room, pulling out a comfortable sweater and a pair of trousers. She wanted to take care of everything, to keep busy. She doesn't want, Kipper shouted. Draco blinked in surprise. Kipper... This is why elves should be punished, Kipper wailed. Draco sighed and found a pair of socks. Elves must be kept in line. Elves mustn't presume or shout. Kipper grabbed his eyebrows, dragging them down as he dissolved into a pool of his own distress. Draco went into the bath and grabbed a bottle out of the potion cabinet. He filled the eyedropper as he walked back to Kipper. Open your mouth, he said sternly. Kipper tipped a blotchy face up towards Draco and obediently opened his mouth. Draco gave him two drops of blue-tinted liquid. Swallow. Kipper blinked and blinked again, and slowly relaxed from his face to his shoulders and tightly squeezed hands. Better? Draco asked. Kipper nodded. Good. Now I'll be down for breakfast soon enough, Draco said. You can return to your tasks. Go clean something. That always puts you in a better mood. "'Yes, young master,' Kipper said sleepily, walking out of the room. Draco looked at the vial thoughtfully. The ratios are still a bit off. He made a few mental notes as he got ready for the day. Chapter 20 Draco opened the door to the blue room and looked around in surprise. It was beautiful. Mother hadn't decorated any of the rooms for the holidays except for this one, apparently. It was draped with fairy lights and garlands. A tree in the corner had been decorated in silver and blue, and Mother was wearing a dress to match, with silvery white snow drifting down the pale blue fabric. "'Happy Christmas, Draco,' Mother said, rising to her feet and holding out her hands. Draco crossed the room and hugged her. "'I didn't know you'd prepared anything.' "'It was a surprise,' Mother said, sitting back on the set and pulling Draco down next to her." You didn't really think I'd miss Christmas, did you? You always love Christmas. Yes, Draco said, knowing they were both ignoring the lingering cloud of the war hanging over them. Still, it had to be better than last Christmas, where he stayed at school and his parents sent him books about defensive magic and dueling and an emergency portkey of his very own. He helped himself to the light breakfast laid out on one of the tables and listened to Mother as she talked about her plans for continuing the renovations on the house. About an hour later, Pansy finally shuffled into the room, Tulip and Kipper on either elbow urging her forward. Pansy slumped into a chair. Her hair was a mess and it looked like she had been crying. Mother stood and filled a plate with sweet pastries and fruit and placed it on Pansy's knees. Here you are, dear. I'm fine, Pansy said quietly. Of course you are, Mother said, somehow managing not to be condescending in the slightest. It's not that I didn't want to come, Pansy said, blinking furiously to keep from crying. Mother smoothed her fingers through Pansy's hair. There are times when people shouldn't be alone. The holidays are one of them. We are glad to have you here. Pansy took a deep breath and let it out slowly, taking the plate in both hands as Mother stepped back. His parents had always been big on opening gifts altogether on Christmas morning, It was a relief to be in this modest room with his mother and best friend. Not perfect, of course. He missed the father he remembered from when he was young. He wondered what it would be like to have Christmas with Potter. But still, he wouldn't have traded it for anything. Mistress, can I give out presents now? Tulip asked, standing on the tips of her toes in excitement, her arms already full of festively wrapped parcels. You don't have to, Tulip, Mother said. I want to! Tulip said, running to Draco and dropping three presents on his toes. Mother sighed, smiling faintly. "'You're a dear, but I also want pictures. Would you rather hand out gifts or take pictures?' Tulip froze, utterly torn between the two options. "'Tulip?' Mother prompted. Tulip hazarded. "'Both?' Mother frowned faintly but nodded anyway. Draco picked up one of the many book-shaped presents at his feet and tore the paper free to find a potion book about rare ingredient interactions. He managed to resist the urge to open it and start reading and picked up the next present. There were books about studying for newts, books about brewing healing potions, books about rare spells and potion interactions, and an encyclopedia set of magical plants and their brewing properties. Do you like them? Mother asked. I had to owl-mortar my- I had to order by Owl so I couldn't be sure of their quality. I adore them, Draco said, giving in and flipping through one of the rare potion books. Pansy snorted and rolled her eyes. Draco summoned his present for Pansy from Tulip's hands and threw it at her. Hey! Pansy sputtered, just barely managing to keep the package from falling into her breakfast. Shut it and open your present, Draco said with a sniff pretending to go back to his book as he watched her reaction from the corner of his eye. Pansy put her plate on the side table and opened the large gift box, pushing her way past the tissue paper to the pale pink dress, accented in white gossamer and lace-like embroidery and matching white kitten-heel shoes. "'It's lovely,' she said hesitantly, "'but I don't wear pink.' "'What's your favorite color?' Draco asked with a pointed look. "'Pink.' Pansy conceded. And your favorite kind of dress to wear? Pretty and delicate? Draco said. Pansy frowned at him. Yes, fine, but I don't wear those either. You used to, Draco said, before your mother insisted it was childish. Pansy's frown deepened as she looked at the dress. Draco didn't have a physical gift for his mother. He had arranged for her to have a robe or gown made for her by Kate, the young woman who had done his robe. It wouldn't actually happen until mid-January, but Draco hoped it would give her something to look forward to once he had returned to school. Tulip offered Pansy another present in simple, silver wrapping paper. Pansy opened it and laughed in disbelief. What is it? Draco asked, leaning closer. Pansy held up a book. A History of the Wars, from my mother. She flipped the book open to the back. Look, She even helpfully bookmarked the part where I tried to give up Potter to the Dark Lord. She glared at the book and then added sarcastically, Nice of them to add that in. Mother walked over to her, tugging the book out of Pansy's hands and setting it aside. Enough of that. She put a pair of large, slim boxes on Pansy's lap. These are for me. For me? Pansy looked from Mother to Draco and then back at the boxes. She carefully pulled the tape free from the immaculately wrapped package and gasped. Is this? It's the Winter Cosmetics collection from Divin, Mother said. Pansy grabbed the other package and quickly tore it open. That's the spring collection. I put in an order for summer and fall as well, once they're available, Mother said. I wasn't sure what to get you, limited by my position as I am, but then I remembered from Draco's letters that you are quite passionate about this sort of thing. Pansy opened the box, running her fingers over eyeshadows, lipsticks, and nail polish all neatly laid out in silver and black, stamped with divin in looping cursive. I hope it's to your liking, Mother said. Pansy quickly wiped her eyes. I love it. Thank you very much. Mother looked very pleased. I've never worn much makeup myself. I usually just throw on a light glamour. Perhaps you could teach me how to use it? Pansy nodded without hesitation. She waved to Tulip, who brought over a small box and held it out to Mother. "'I—'Draco, helped me pick it out,' Pansy said. Mother took the small box with a smile. "'You shouldn't have.' She opened the gift box and took out the jewelry box, carefully easing the lid open. "'It's citrine,' Pansy said quickly. "'And Muggle. We got it at the Muggle shopping center. I hope you don't mind.' Mother lifted the simple teardrop gem on a thin golden chain. It's lovely. I didn't know muggles could make something so fine. She murmured a charm under her breath, and the chain clasped around her neck. Mother touched the gem and leaned down to sweet pansy into a hug. Thank you, pansy dear. Tulip pressed a present into Draco's hands. Another book. Draco reluctantly set aside the potion book he was reading, tearing open the wrapping paper and froze. The title was, unfortunately, familiar from the first three volumes he already owned. The Young Wizard's Guide to Growing Up, Volume 4, New, for the Queer Magic User. All your questions, quandaries, and Quimotos answered. Draco groaned in dismay. Mother walked over to his chair. It occurred to me after our discussion a few days ago that the ones your father and I got you when you were thirteen wouldn't be terribly helpful for your situation. Draco fought down another groan and tried his best to force a smile, that ended up feeling like a grimace. Very thoughtful, he mumbled. Pansy had waved Tulip over and was frantically gesturing for her to take a photo. Draco was about to shoot a glare at them when his mother continued. After all, it's important you stay safe. Mother said primly. You are being safe, aren't you? The sound that came out of Draco was something like a half-choked death rattle as he slumped down into his chair, his face turning bright red. He held the book up like a shield because if he had to see any more words come out of his mother's mouth about his potential sex life, he would have to die. Draco, this is important, Mother said. Pansy's whole body was shaking with silent laughter. Draco, Merlin, help me. I'm not asking for details, Mother said. I just need to know- Safe, yes, Draco managed weakly. Of course. Good, Mother said. Pansy gasped, her face as red as his from laughing hard enough to burst a blood vessel. They've only kissed. Mother turned to Pansy. Really? Pansy nodded frantically as she tried to catch her breath. I suppose I thought two young men would be more. Draco pressed the book back to his face, slumping so far down he was nearly off his chair. Hansy, Mother finished. Well, they were when I was at school. Pansy snorted. These two have no idea what they're doing. Ah, yes, Mother said. With everything that happened, I suppose that isn't surprising. She turned back to Draco and frowned. Sit up properly. You're going to hurt your back fooling around like that. Draco sulkily pushed himself back up into the chair to the sound of Pansy's laughter. Mother swished her wand and vanished all the wrapping paper. That's everything? Tulip shuffled forward and hesitantly passed out three more gifts, wrapped in a bright paper covered with balloons, obviously meant for a birthday. For you, from Tulip, Tulip said. Draco took the one with his name written on it and struggled to get it open. There was far too much paper and spellotape. Inside was a picture frame. The picture was painted white and decorated with a random cacophony of fake gems and pretty buttons. The picture was the one Tulip had taken when he and Pansy had first come home. It started just like a formal portrait, with them standing stiffly and staring at the camera, but by the end of the loop they were all looking at each other and smiling. It looked so normal. So wonderfully normal. This is... Thank you, Draco said, with the sort of earnest sincerity that felt a bit strange to him. It's wonderful, Mother said. Pansy nodded in agreement. Tulip beamed with delight, both hands curled up in her flower-patterned pillowcase. There is something. I was going to wait until Boxing Day, but... Mother set the picture on the table and hurried towards the door. I'll be right back. Pansy was studying the photo with a thoughtful expression on her face. Where's my present, then? Draco teased. Pansy rolled her eyes. As if I'm going to buy you a present with money I have to borrow from you while you're standing right there. You bought my mother a present with my money, Draco said. That's different. Draco said, I wouldn't have minded. I would have, Pansy said stubbornly. She sniffed and said, I'll give you a makeover for Christmas. I quite like how I look without you messing with it, Draco said. Of course you do, Pansy rolled her eyes. She said thoughtfully, Then I'll give you a manicure instead. Draco laughed. You don't even know what that is. I will soon enough, and then I'll give you one, Pansy said. They both looked towards the door as his mother returned, box in hand. She sat up on the couch. Tulip. Here. She held it out. Tulip took the present with shaking hands. It was wrapped in shiny blue paper and Tulip eased the tape off and unfolded the wrapping as if it was just as precious as the box inside it was. The paper was soon forgotten and drifted to the ground as Tulip stared at the box and then hurriedly opened it, taking out a camera small enough to have been made for her. It's the latest model from Japan. It's far better than your old one, but smaller so you can manage it better, with added lighting and stabilizing charms, Mother said. I bought the photo paper and film as well. I know they're very expensive. Tulip very, very carefully set the camera on the table where it wouldn't fall, before wrapping herself around Mother's legs to cry great, wet, heaving sobs of blubbering happiness. Mother awkwardly patted Tulip's back. I'm glad you like it. Pansy was trying not to laugh. Draco sighed. Kipper shuffled into the room, a lumpy sort of... something in his arms. It was wrapped in red paper patterned with a jolly fat man Draco had seen quite a lot of at the Muggle Shopping Center. A package just arrived for you, young master, Kipper said, holding out the lump. Draco recognized the untidy scrawl on the side of the package as potter's. Wait, wait. Pansy stumbled through the gifts littered all around them. "'What?' Draco demanded grumpily, wanting to open his present. Pansy leaned over the back of his chair. "'I want to enjoy this.' Draco frowned at her. "'Oh, come on!' Pansy said. "'He obviously just sent that in a panic when he got your gift, "'with reused paper and—who knows what's inside. "'It could be socks. It's going to be amazing.' Draco said, "'If it was done in a panic, it would have come earlier. "'I'm sure the Weasleys are too impatient to wait to open their gifts.' Pansy said. You mean they don't sleep until noon until they're dragged out of bed by their house-elf? Draco frowned harder at her. I appreciate the fact that he wanted to reciprocate at all. It's the thought that counts, Pansy said with amused disbelief. I am going to transfigure you into a frog, Draco said flatly. Pansy laughed. A toad, Draco muttered, tearing the paper open. Inside was a soft red sweatshirt, starting to fade and a little worn on the cuffs. "'What is—' Pansy asked. "'Is that—' "'Haven't I seen Potter wearing that?' "'He sent you second-hand clothing?' Mother asked, looking confused and disappointed. "'It's his favorite,' Draco said defensively, holding the shirt up and then carefully folding it. He could smell Potter, and it took all his willpower not to bury his face in the fabric.' Pansy sighed and went back to her chair, slumping into it with a groan. It's no fun if you actually like it, and of course you'd like it because you're ridiculous. It's a bit... Mother trailed off. Ugly, Pansy finished. You can't even wear it. Of course not, Draco agreed, but it would be a nice shirt to sleep in, and he was certain he'd seen a charm in the library used to preserve a smell. It's not like anyone had to know. Draco ducked his head smiling as he squeezed the shirt tight to his chest. Chapter 21 His name was Tom. Draco looked up from filling his glass. What? Pansy tipped back the bottle in her hands and managed three gulps before she started coughing. You deserve that, Draco said. Only a moron tries to chug champagne. Pansy wiped her mouth burns, she choked out. Draco rolled his eyes and sipped the very nice champagne Mother had gotten for them, leaning back on the couch he was sharing with Pansy in the sitting area in her bedroom. Draco. His name was Tom. Tom Marvolo Riddle. Pansy held up the book her mother had sent her about the wars. No wonder he changed it to Voldemort. She gulped more champagne. Draco skimmed over the page, his eyebrows rising. An anagram? Oh, that is so tacky. Pansy snorted and fell into another coughing fit. Draco smirked. Fuck you, Pansy said after another weak cough. Draco picked up a glass from the table and offered it to her. Pansy pointedly tipped the bottle for another swallow, more successfully this time. If you want to get drunk that badly, I can get fire whiskey. Draco said, putting the glass back. Champagne first, Pansy said. It's New Year's. You're meant to have champagne on New Year's. Not the way you're drinking it, Draco said, taking a sip and enjoying the bubbles on his tongue. Pansy picked up her book again. Can you imagine if he hadn't picked a new name? She put in a snotty voice. Hello, I'm Tom. I like murder and blood supremacy. It gets me off. Draco laughed. Pansy grinned and flipped to the next page. Fucking fuck! What? Tom was a half blood, Pansy said. Draco blinked. That's not. Wouldn't the papers have said something? Pansy dropped the book between them and tapped on the page. See? His father was a fucking muggle. Draco read the section and then reread it. The papers are too busy beating off to Potter and his lot. Besides, this sort of thing would have made it look like any wizard could go off their fucking rocker. It would completely ruin the evil pureblood rhetoric they have going on. Pansy took another drink of the champagne and shoved the book onto the floor. Merlin, Draco sighed, leaning back. Do you think it's his fault? Pansy asked. The war? I'm pretty sure it was, Draco said. Pansy kicked at him, managing by sheer luck to clip him with her heel. Draco batted her foot away with a glare. I meant... Pansy took a deep breath. I meant ruining it. Slytherin loyalty. Before him, maybe it was loyalty and he ruined it. He's why it's obedience now. Draco took a rather large sip of champagne and topped up his glass. Parents and Death Eaters in upper years all telling us to be loyal when they meant obedient. Stupid and obedient, Pansy muttered. It's too late for us to fix it, isn't it? I mean, I could tell the younger years that loyalty means, should mean being loyal to those that are loyal to you, but they wouldn't listen, because it's me, the bint that tried to hand Potter over to the dark, to Tom. You're getting maudlin, Draco said, pulling the bottle away from Pansy and giving her his glass. He filled up a fresh glass for himself and set the bottle on the far side of the table. Tell me about your sleepover again, he said. Pansy narrowed her eyes suspiciously. "'It's interesting,' Draco insisted. Pansy began to falter despite her best efforts. She took a huge swallow of champagne. "'We must have walked around half of London and visited tons of salons and spas and shops selling all sorts of cosmetics, machines, and perfumes, too, and we went and had a manicured—' "'Oh, I think I have everything!' She shot to her feet." finishing the last of the glass and shoving it on the table as she hurried over to her crowded vanity. "'What are you doing?' Draco asked. "'I promised you a manicure for Christmas,' Pansy shouted back and nearly lost her balance. She caught herself on the vanity and giggled. "'What color polish do you want?' she asked. Draco lifted his glass to his lips. "'Blue.' "'Really?' Pansy said excitedly. "'I thought for sure you'd tell me to fuck off.' "'I can always take it off before we go back, can I?' Draco said. Pansy walked back more carefully, hands full of nail files and clippers and things he didn't recognize in the least, and a bottle of lacquer. Draco took the little bottle from her and looked at it. It was closer to a bluish-teal, but he quite liked it. Pansy leaned over to grab the bottle of champagne and refilled her glass, taking a drink before grabbing his hand. "'Here, I'll—' "'Right.' She tossed the clippers away. Should have known your nails would be neat as fuck already. Draco grinned faintly. Merlin, you swear like a sailor when you're pissed. You love it, Pansy said, starting to file his nails one at a time, squinting at them as she wavered slightly. Draco prompted, So, you got a manicure and pedicure. It was wonderful, Pansy sighed, relaxing into an easy smile. And we went back to Jenna's house because her parents are both muggle and have a massive television for watching movies on. The moving picture's as long as a play, Draco said. Pansy dropped the file and took some sort of cream and put it on his cuticles and then used a strange tool to push his cuticles down. They are as long as a play, but the camera moves too, and there's music, and it's actually interesting. We watched Jen and Mel's favorite movie. It's called Clueless, and. She cleaned his hands, pausing to have more champagne, before shaking the nail lacquer and slowly unscrewing the top. It's where all the whatever and gag me with a spoon, and it's called, um, valley girl talk or something. Fuck! She wavered and brushed polish up the side of his thumb. We can do this tomorrow, you know, Draco said. Shut up, Pansy said, wiping the smear of polish off on the couch. She pressed Draco's hand flat onto the couch cushion and lifted the little brush again, her hand moving back and forth like a pendulum. Pansy frowned and abruptly sat on the floor, resting her forearm and wrist on the couch to keep it steady. Anyway, it was so funny. I would have watched three more times, but it was late and we could barely keep our eyes open. When I have my own place, I'm going to have a television of my own and watch all sorts of movies. It's so much better than reading books, and you're not in a stuffy theater so you can just lay about and eat ice cream in your pants if you want. Pansy rested her cheek on her arm. Pour me some more champagne. Draco poured a small amount into Pansy's glass and passed it down to her. She took a sip and set it on the floor. Why did we always make fun of Hufflepuffs? Pansy asked abruptly. "'coloring his nails in slow, sleepy strokes. "'They're wonderful, aren't they? "'So nice and supportive. "'Lovegood and Longbottom, too. "'They're not proper Hufflepuffs, but they feel like ones. "'Jenna and Melanie don't feel much like Hufflepuffs,' Draco said. "'Eat shit,' Pansy murmured half-heartedly. "'Not every Hufflepuff is nauseatingly nice. "'They're supportive and hardworking and bitchy "'in just the right sort of way.' "'What exactly is the right sort of way to be bitchy?' Draco asked. Pansy rolled her eyes. The sort where they're only bitchy when they like you. You should know. What's that supposed to mean? Draco asked. The more you like someone, the more insufferable you are, Pansy said. Draco paused with his glass halfway to his mouth. I am not. Pansy dissolved into giggles. Draco huffed in annoyance. He took a sip of champagne and asked, knowing he could get an honest answer out of her at this stage of drunk. Pansy, do you still hate that I like Potter? You're idiots, she said flatly. She put the nail lacquer away. I need to put a topcoat on. She fumbled for her wand, and Draco quickly snatched it away. No casting when pissed, unless you want to end up with green hair for a week, again, Draco said. Summon it for me. Accio diamond clear topcoat. Pansy held out a hand towards the vanity. Draco sighed and used Pansy's wand to summon the bottle, catching it out of the air so Pansy wouldn't have the chance to drop it. He shook the bottle like he had seen her do and opened it for her, handing her the brush. You better not have smudged my work, Pansy said, and what would have normally been threatening came out pouty. Of course not, Draco said, setting his hands back down on the cushions. Pansy started putting on the topcoat with a yawn. Draco tried again. Pansy, what do you think about Potter and I? Pansy hummed under her breath, eyes half-closed as she worked. He was starting to think she wasn't going to answer at all, when she said, I still hate it. Oh. Not as much, though, which is annoying, Pansy said. Potter's a prad, but you make each other happy. So even if it doesn't work out, it's probably worth the trouble just for that. Pansy sat up and slowly put the brush back into the bottle and twisted it closed. I have to charm it impermeable. I do not want you casting anywhere near me right now, Draco said. I can do it, Pansy said. I can. I've cast it hundreds of times, and it's harmless if I mess it up. I messed it up a lot before I finished the charm properly. Draco hesitated. I can do it, Pansy said firmly. Against his better judgment, Draco gingerly gave Pansy her wand and held his hands as far away from his body as possible. Pansy took a deep breath and went very still, then cast the charm perfectly, hiccuped, tossed her wand on the couch and laid her head back on the cushions. Is it midnight? she asked with her eyes closed. Draco opened his pocket watch, his blue-green nails vivid against the gold case. It was still a half hour, too. Yes, just now. He lied. Happy New Year, Draco. Pansy smiled. I think this one might be okay. Happy New Year, Pans. Draco stood, taking Pansy's arm and pulling her up. Let's get you to bed now. Pansy grumbled at him. Draco sighed. You always do this, you know. You're far more of a lightweight than you think you are. I'm not, Pansy said, just late and tired. Draco led her over to her bed, already turned down, and let Pansy collapse onto the sheets. She had already shucked her shoes an hour ago. Draco considered trying to help her out of her dress, but it was done up by buttons instead of a zipper, and frankly, he couldn't be bothered. Draco pulled the sheets and comforter up, leaving a glass of water and a headache potion by her bed for the morning. Draco took the last half-empty bottle of champagne and his glass back to his own rooms. Draco got ready for bed, leaving his pocket watch out and open on his bed so he could see the time. As it ticked closer to midnight, he splashed just a swallow of champagne into the bottom of the glass. He watched the minute hand land on midnight and lifted his glass in a sarcastic salute before finishing it off and then heading to the bathroom. He had just finished his teeth-cleaning charm when he felt someone come through the manor's wards. A shiver of dread raced down his spine. Draco slammed out of his room, running down the hall, the steps, and into the entryway, his wand held tight in his hand. Kipper was already at the door, being stubbornly helpful, and pulled it open for Draco as he approached. But there was no mob, no angry mother, or rogue orrer. It was just Potter, breathing heavily like he had run the whole way, his hair sticking up in every direction. Draco slowly lowered his wand. Potter smiled. Hey. Oh man, I really hope they kiss for New Year's because it's, it's like a tradition to kiss on New Year's. Oh my god, it's so cute. Um, Anyways, I very much hope you enjoyed this reading. If you did, be sure to check out some of the others I've done. A link to the fanfiction will be in the description. New readings and stuff go up every Wednesday and Friday, religiously and sometimes in between. And if you want to see more like this, give a recommendation, feedback, um, you can email me And I have a form for recommendations, or you can leave a comment if you're on YouTube, because that's, like, the only place you can do that, which really sucks. Um. And if you like my content and you want to see more, go ahead and subscribe. And, uh, yeah. That's it. Have a great day, and I'll see you in the next one. Bye!